Okay, uh, it's good to start with Nilsi Bidichusa. Now we're going to start, start this year. Let's do a quick recap of what we were learning about, and then we'll introduce this week's piece. We started the topic of Pekida and Zechira, and we're going to be chazering over these and developing these <coughs> ideas even further. That there are two stages of the Geula, there are two Mashiachs. There's the stage of Pekida, which is this imperceptible light that radiates through people, uh, that radiated through our nation at that time in order to build the Chitzonius of Eretz Yisrael. such a deep subconscious light that even they weren't necessarily aware of how they were involved in setting the stage for the Gula. We spoke about how this was synonymous with the idea of Mashiach ben Yosef, which was the Tikkun HaChitzonius, or the, this imperceptible light that was pulsating, that was setting the stage for the Gula. Yosef became the Majbir. He became the man who controlled all the Lechem. Lechem is synonymous with base Lechem, the bread of Kedusha, sustenance for the world, Right? That's what he was in charge of, Mitzrayim. And all this happened through Nisim Betoch HaTeva, through natural means, through the building of Chitzonis. It was Yosef, who was Masalsal, he had this nice jacket, the Ketonis Pasim. And it was Yosef, through this natural process, who was able to build the Chitzonis of, of the Tikkun Chitzonis. Then we had, on the other hand, we had Malchus Yehuda, it's Mashiach ben David, and that has to do with the Panemius, David Melech Mashiach, and that has to do with the Panemius. And the first stage of the Tichon Chitzonius, that has to do with Pekida, these terms Pekida, that we're going to be developing, developing, this imperceptible light, this incognito browser tag, it's the VPN, it's untraceable. And then there is Malchus Yehuda, Mashiach ben David, which is the revelations, right? I think it's a Pasuk in Micha someplace that says, right, in the final Gunlug, and you see miracles like you went out of Mitzrayim. Parsha connection, right? Parsha's Peshalach. So you're going to see miracles like you went out of Mitzrayim, and that is Mashiach ben David. And both processes are equally as important. Okay. Uh, and to... A little bit further introduce the piece that we're going to be learning today is something very mysterious happened at the Hakamas Medina when the Jews came back to Eretz Yisrael, the original Zionists. There was, it seemed to be almost an ace rutzon in many ways that Jews were coming back and you read stories about how people came to land, they thought that's it, it's going to be Mashiach and then they saw the train and the bus driving on Shabbos, you know. And they saw this, and they saw that, and the Chilul Shabbos in the land, and they were devastated, you know? They thought, like, many from people came back there just so after the Holocaust, and they thought, like, that's it, it's here, ready to go. And then the politics, and the Chilul Hashem, and the breaking, the non-observance. So on one hand, there was this huge leap, but on the other hand, it was this mysterious, mysterious time, went downwards. Right, and we need to understand what happened. 
and how that happened and what were the spiritual principles that were operating that were allowing to happen. And that's going to be today's, what was going on exactly? How could we begin to understand that? So really the Chalban is going to shine a light on this and continue developing the ideas of Pekida and Zahira. Okay. Hashorish ha'elyon shal pekida vehazachira. The shorish elyon, the root in the upper worlds of pekida and zachira. Bereshish yame ha pekida hayu hargoshos chazakos shel chai ha'am. In the beginning of the days of pekida, there were strong and passion feelings within the life of our nation. Mesiris nefesh lishuv la'eretz ulubanosa. It was a tremendous Mesiris Nefesh to come to Eretz Yisrael and build it. Lekumam Chorvos Olam. Right? In order to establish the Chorvos Olam, the ruins of old. It's like you read these old stories about the people that came. They had smuggling seeds. They were obsessed with planting trees. Right? That's why there are trees all over the place. And they smuggled in seeds from other countries. And as they were planting and farming, there were Arabs trying to kill them. So on one hand, they would be planting and farming and, and trying to repair the land. And on the other hand, they would be a uh, 24-hour lookout, you know, brigade trying to stop them from getting killed, right? And like, it always reminds me of like, it says in Nehemiah, how Nehemiah, while he was building the walls of Yerushalayim, he had to set up a 24-hour watch to make sure, you know, an army, basically, to make sure that they weren't destroyed, they weren't getting killed, and they weren't being sabotaged. As he's building, they're also taking into account military, military situations in order to, like, you read all the early days of, like, the mysterious nefesh, as my Rebbe Rabbi Rothman says, and many people say, we should never take for granted how much went into us being here, <laughs> what went into that, you know? So in the first days of Pekida, the mysterious nefesh, to, to build the land. And the truth is, these feelings were rooted in something very, very lofty. Because these flow out, as we've been learning last week, from the stages of Geula, right? That was, that was incensed in a certain way and came at that level. And the goodness and the desires for that these feelings, they were really rooted and pinned on what we've been explaining from the Ramchal. Al Sod HaPakida, on the secret of Pekida. Sod HaPakida hu shefa sheheir benishmos benishamos ach lohit galechutza leroved hasaga. The stage of Pekida is this shefa that radiates and illuminates within the souls of our nation. But again, it's incognito. Even the person who's carrying this light of Pekida, they themselves don't necessarily even know that they're happening because it resides within the deep subconscious mind of man. And like we've been explaining, this light is in root in the building of the body, the tikkun, building the externalities. And the truth is, all these feelings and all these desires, right, they came in order to 
uh, open up the national body of our nation, and bringing the nation back together, the Tikkun HaChitzonius, like we've been explaining, the national body came together in the last Prakim. That's really what was going on, building the externality of the Gula. Because this light was radiating within their souls, but it was imperceptible. It was very far from the root hapanimi of their true essence of their desires and their feelings to the revelation of really their conscious mind, <laughs> right? So the gap between this light and their conscious mind was far, right? It was such a hidden light that was radiating them at the time of Pekida that they, didn't, they themselves didn't necessarily recognize that what was, that's what was going on. Lefikach, ach shaha, it's like, you know, it's like uh, just a word on the subconscious mind. It's like, you know, sometimes we're like, have all these like traumas and different things that happen to us and like we don't even recognize that that's really what's going on, you know, and we're reacting. Our wife does one thing, you know, and you're huffing and puffing and, you know, and you're blah, blah. like the, the level of reactivity that's warranted, does, that happens is not necessarily the level of reactivity that's warranted for the situation because it's like they're deep-rooted things and it doesn't mean you can't get visibility into it and heal. You actually, you actually could see it. It's not a mystery. You could get visibility into your own subconscious mind, but it's like the same thing, like the gap between really what was going on, Hashem sending down this light and their conscious mind was like, was, was a big deal. It was like possessing them in a certain way, even though they themselves, they didn't know they that. They had Bechira? They had Bechira, but they just, you know, ultimately this was like he was saying, like this was the Yad Hashem, you know, Hashem, Leif Malachim Yad Hashem, you know? He's gonna, we'll explain, you know? Lefikach, but in its root, the Shorish HaPanimi was holy. And was coming from the Pekidas, Hashem's remembrance of his nation. But in Chitzonius, it came out within their own thinking and their own drushes. Just like we previously mentioned. Right? And because of that, because this ore was in a certain way coming out in their own das, was Slavish in their own das, it came out all, those, all sorts of funny ideas, like socialism and Chilil Shabbos and the, the throwing off of the yoke of Torah, the rejection of Torah and Limada Torah and Torah values that was originally started that the early, the early settlers and the early Hevra had felt. Right? It's like, we mentioned this before, like if you read Herzl, like he talked about the Jewish problem, you know? The answer wasn't learn more Torah. It was like make a state, make a this, make a that, because the Jews are going to be persecuted. They're too rich. They're too poor. The only way is that they should have national power and political power, right? And that's what he wrote his famous essay, The Jewish Problem, based on that, right? So certain elements, if you actually read it, it's not so long, you can read it, you can find it online, you know? Certain elements were true and certain elements were not true, right? And I think this is what he's saying, like... The it came out in the Slavish in their own das, so it came out all sorts of funny things. It's not das Hashem, you know. But behind that was this rotzon of pekida, which was coming from a very, very, very deep place. 
But nevertheless, the Nakuda Panemius of their feelings, but the fact that it aroused Am Yisrael with this national spirit, and this commitment to building the land, the truth is it was rooted in a very high place. But nevertheless, it was like covered over in a very hidden way. It was hidden in the depths of their souls. And it didn't come out in a clear manner. To recognize that this desire is really coming from the Geulas Kodesh, from, from a holy place. To build our land with holiness and purity. With connection, with a renewed connection to their father. means Hashem. The rock of their lives. Inyan Zeh, right? So again, like we've been explaining, he's just explaining this piece over here, that all of it was rooted in an imperceptible way. But this amazing, amazing light, but because it was Slavish in their own das, there was different kilkulum when it came to the Torah aspect of things, right? They didn't truly recognize that their desire was rooted in something holy. In fact, they wanted to reject it. And he's going to explain He's going to go in to explain this Alpi Panemius from the Ramchal. How's it different than, than us? That we have a certain type of, we have to channel what the root is. And we always, when we get a certain type of something, it's not it's a bad thing. It's worse channeling the wrong way. Is that different than this? Well, he's going to explain that this was like a necessary step. He's going to explain that this was like, this step was part and parcel with the Gula. Like it had to come out this way. That's what he's going to explain. Like, and there's always, you know, always when you talk about these things, there's always, you have to make a chiluk, uh, which you give a whole really sheer on this topic of things in the future and things in the past. It means like he's looking at history and he's showing how really that this was the Yad Hashem and he's basing it on the Ramchal and these different things, how not only this the Yad Hashem, but this was, these stages were predicted by Chazal. Means like they were predicted, they were articulated, they were spoken about. It wasn't just random, you know. Obviously, when it comes to, and you were touching on this Bechira, and we could, Yudim Bechira is not really our topic, but obviously, when it comes to anything in the future and in the world of Allah and things like that, we obviously have Bechira. But in the past, we have to say everything is the, is the Yan Hashem. But certainly, certainly, it goes without saying Hashem could override our minds uh, at any time, but it's not really the topic of today's discussion. Yeah, I, I think more so. Uh, I think part of as a teacher, it's it's almost frustrating to hear, because as a teacher, you're responsible to express your expectations and goals in the stages of learning for a student. And if you do that in a way that's really obscured and really convoluted, and so a student doesn't get the lesson, then it's on you as the teacher. Right? You didn't do your job. You did not create the, the true potential for success amongst the student body. And what we're saying here is, is that we're getting these hints of things as a nation, that the Jewish people are getting hints, but they're so 
unclarified and so obscure that it leads people to, to, to wrong conclusions. And even though the, the, the root is a root of <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. most frustrating. Like, give Herzl a little bit of help. Like, okay, granted, like he, the conclusion was wrong, but was that his fault? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know who we're going to hold responsible for what, you know? But that's the way of the Geula, right? The way of redemption in general is through a Dover Me'ukal, right? If you track, and you guys all know this, you know, if you track the root and the Shorosh Neshama of Dover Melech, I mean, it's completely backwards, right? First, it's rooted in Avram and Lod, and the Sod of Mashiach is sitting there in this imperceptible way in the middle of Sodom. You know, in Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco, the, the root of, the, the of Geula is really coming, coming there. That's why Avram always went out of his way to save Lot, because Lot was, he knew that Mashiach was going to come from Lot, and he had a, they wanted to squash, they wanted to kill out the soul of Mashiach, you know, and then from Lot came Moab, right? It's a horrific story, you know, and it came from Moab, and then comes Rus. Eglon, you know, Eglon was not the greatest guy in the world, you know, and then it came out. Right, Yehuda and Tamar, right? I skipped a step, right? It's Yehuda and Tamar, exactly, right? So, in general, the the soul of Mashiach is shrouded in mystery, in controversy, in hidden ways, in imperceptible ways, you know. So it's not like the regular tahalich. You know, it's all, it's all, uh, you're right, Shimshon, when it comes to teaching, like you want to teach with clarity, but like the root of Mashiach is like really, you know, your parrots, right? <laughs> right? Rus goes down to Boaz, you know, like what? You know what I'm saying? Like Rus was like this amazing, besides the fact that she was a Gioris, but she was this amazing lofty soul. And then she went down to uncover Boaz's feet, Lashonaki, like that must have been really hard for her. You know, like she rejected all that and asked, right, the whole, everything just comes down in Dover, you know, it, it, that's the way of Mashiach is through this backdoor thing. I think one of the reasons for that, if I can be bold enough to say, is that because the, the soul of Mashiach is so powerful, it's so high that the only way for it to come down is through subterfuge. Because if they would see if it would be so rel- it would be so potent to see the soul of Mashiach that the whole world would come and stop it, like all the chitzonim, all the chitzonis, uh, all the chitzonim, the the koach, you know, the evil, impeding negative forces would come and not even let the soul come down. So, it, so Mashiach is always going to be rooted in mystery, in controversy, in 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 a convoluted thing, and that's the stage of. Mashiach and Yosef, ultimately we're going to see Mashiach and David, which is going to be like, again, we're going to see this amazing revelation of Hashem. But Mashiach is always shrouded in mystery, you know? It's amazing. It's amazing. I hear it. I just, when, when, when we start including humanity into that picture, and it's no longer just this behind-the-scenes story of these select individuals... And not only are we including humanity, but we're saying there's almost an expectation on humanity to respond in a certain way. It, it's just it's frustrating to not have clear direction. Yeah. But then, but, but yeah, but then at the same time, when, as a teacher as well, you're teaching the students, I can often be, say things that I, they're all relatively clear, but they're sitting in class like this. 
and they can't be bothered. <laughs> and there are some kids who are really, really focused and they, they run challenges that they ask. Can you just clarify that for me? They're all different types of students. So some students are just, you know, that's, that is humanity. Humanity is made up of many different people and, that, and that, therefore the message also has to kind of be relevant for all those people with all their personalities and all their responses. And, but there's, a, there's two sides to it. I'm totally with you. Yeah. And I'm, not, I'm not saying it, it obviously it's all responsibility on the athlete student. I totally agree with you. And there are those students, you could be screaming in their face and they're still not doing it, right? We tell <coughs> students, you know, don't lie, don't steal. There are still students that go online and steal. Sure, <laughs> beautiful, wonderful. But you have someone like a Herzl who's willing to get up on behalf of the Hamish Trail yeah. and do something and ends up in such a, such a potentially twisted place. But it was twisted even from the onset. It was a, it was a plan B. It wasn't the Chachela. It was when he really thought about thinking about converting to, to Christianity. It was not a Chachela. It didn't come from, a, even from that point. Well, I don't know if the debate here is if Herzl was a Tzadik or a Russia, you know, but... But I think the point is, is like to see that the bigger picture of history, you know, there's this, there's this book was, I don't know if I was telling you this guys, there's, there's a book translated by, it's a collective essays, collection of essays from Rav Cook that was translated by Rav Bitsalo Noor. They probably have, maybe have it on the shelf here, I don't know. And that he named the book, uh, the title, of, it's a collection of essays, and the title of the book is God is History. <laughs> you know and I think like what the Chauvin is teaching us is like do we have lenses of Amuna? means there's a there's like narrow Amuna and then there's big Amuna. you know and the Tzadikim the Ramchal the Gra, Rebbe Nachman Rav Cook, they had this big Amuna. and I see it not as a question of whether Herzl was a Rosh or a Tzadik but I see it as a question of how big is Amuna? What's our perspective on God is history, right? God is history. Is it these just random things? Or do we look back in God? Do we look back in history? And do we see that history was the Yad Hashem and people are people, you know? Like it's a bigger, broader Amuna, you know? It's like so freeing to have this, to learn about this broader perspective on life, this, this broader Amuna. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can only do that looking back. So you can do that looking backwards. Yeah. When you win it, it's harder to do, right? Yes. Well, it's not harder. If yes. You can't. You're not allowed to, right? We we follow a lot. You're never supposed to say in the moment. This is what I've got to perform. However, I've got to like react appropriately. But this is all Hashem is doing. I can't break down. We could give a shit. We could talk about you, Dian Bechira. I mean, we could give a shit on that, you know, and the the, the, the multi lenses and. How to understand that, but I think again, I think it's really we'll go weiter, but I think it's really a question of Amuna. Like how big is our Amuna? <laughs> you know? Like and we're learning from the Chauban and we're learning from these Sadiqim, like Amuna's that big. You know, like Amuna is is tremendous. And I think it's healing. I think it's healing to have a, a broader, a bigger, a bigger type of Amuna, not just a very limited, limited scope in Amuna. You know, when we say Hashem is responsible for everything. You know, we mean everything, no exceptions, not history. History is not an accident. Okay. And we're going to see, and as we're learning, just to tie it to the safer, and as we're learning, like, the, this was all predicted. This was all, this was all predicted long ago. Inyan ze, this Inyan, shakol shlaveh ge'ula nu'atzim b'nekuda kodesh al yonamod, right, that the uh, roots of ge'ula, the stages of ge'ula, are uh, 
Mamish holy, coming from a holy place, Mavor be Ramchal. It's explained in the Ramchal, Besod Hakdama Shorish Hazachira Lefnei Pekida. In this very secret that the Shorish uh, of Zechira comes before Pekida. Now he's going to explain. We've been explaining Pekida and Zechira, but what we're going to see is how really Zechira in Shemayim, Zechira really comes first. And that gives life to Pekida. We're going to see this. Even though in the revealed world, uh, the stage of Pekida is revealed prior, to, comes first, comes before Zechira. Which is what we've been explaining, that the externalities, the goof, the body, gets fixed prior to the internalities, the spiritualities, right? But nevertheless, in the in Shemayim, in the in the Olamos El Yonim, Zechira begins to fluctuate first. Okay. Vidavka mikoach ba inyan, vidavka mikoach ba inyan his oris hapekida litikan haguf vazelishon haramchal, and specifically the. Uh, Zechira, because Zechira starts in Shemaim first, that uh, makes Pekida happen down here, right? So it's like the trigger sensor for Zechira goes off in Shemayim, and that triggers the events to have Pekida start in the, in the revealed world, in the world of Chitzonius. But the, we're going to see, Sof Maisev Machshavetchila, right? The Machshavetchila is Zechira. But that triggers Pekida to happen in the revealed world. But the Pekida only happens in order to bring us to the stage of Zechira. So we're going we're gonna to see this. And the Zelish on HaRamchal. The MS, the HaMS, and the truth is, Kiba Alos HaChafetz Lifnei HaMoshel HaYachid, because when the desire becomes, comes, is Ola, to Hashem, the ruler, HaYachid, Ligol Es HaShchina, to redeem the Shchina, the Es Yisrael, and Am Yisrael, Az yotze koach milafanov, then a strength. Thank you, Shimshon. As yotze koach milafanov, the hitchil eredes becho hamadregos, mimadregil madrega. And this is quoting from the Ramchal for those who are listening, right? So when Hashem, in His infinite wisdom, decides to redeem the Shechina and Am Yisrael, then a koach, a power, goes out, and starts to trickle down all the levels, from level to level. From the, from the first place where this koach started to become strong, Beharit kufaso and and show its strength begvuraso heim shnei hamaoras hagedolim v'niskavim. This is two great lights. Asher lahem kol maisei olamos v'alpiam yatsu kol peulos laora that all the worlds uh, are affected by and they start to come from potential to light to fruition. Haomdim beromos shaolom amisbar shmosehem and. It a uh, mamish stands on the highest, highest worlds in Shemayim, and its numbers are right. Its names are enumerated. Kiminyan Zachor, 
So again, this is just quoting. It's not quoting the full piece from the Ramchal, but I'm just kind of reading it through. It comes out to the Gematria of Zachor, right? When these certain Shemas of Hashem get illuminated, which are rooted in Bekid and Zechira, these names kind of get illuminated in a certain way, and it comes out to the Gematria of Zachor. And this is what it says in Shemos, right? Hashem remembered Zechira, Hashem remembered his bris, his covenant. And it comes out when these powers and these lights are completely revealed, then Zechira will be the Zechira, that stage of Zechira will be in motion. But prior to this, Happens Pekida. The Az, the Aval Emes, but the truth is, and this is the Iker point of what he's saying right now, that the Pekida is only, comes first below and not above. Because above, Zechira really starts first. And through that, the Pekida gets illuminated down below. So even Pekida, the stage of Pekida, <coughs> is rooted in the stage of Zechira. Because this illumination of Zechira in Shemaim happens, and that trickles down to the Olamas al-Yodim, to the world of Asiya, to the world that we live in, in the world. And then we see the stage of Pekida. But really that's, really that's only Lamata. The stage of Pekida comes first, Pekida and Zechira. But Lamayla, Zechira gets triggered first. It's like the Chedush Arim explains, like... The world is an upside down tree, right? That everything that happens down below is really rooted in Shemayim. So the rooted in Shemayim, you okay, Sammy? You good? Feel bad for you? Right? That really it's rooted in Shemayim, and a, uh, but it's just happening down here below. Second, it's like really all of Kabbalah comes to teach that, right? That everything is rooted in the world of Atsilas and beyond. Right, and when you go from Atsilas Bria Yitzira Asiya, right, Abia, and like everything, like the whole Kabbalah, much ink has been spilt on this topic, how everything is really Makpil and Giluyim down here, but it's really rooted in Shemayim. Okay, right there, yeah? HaRamcham Avur, and the Ramchal explains, She'af alpi she'hibit galus bepoel kadma hapakida lezechira, even though when it comes to the actual revelation in this world, a Pekida precedes, Pekida comes first uh, before Zechira. But in Shemayim, the, the opposite happens. And this is, the secret of this is, right? It was first in thought, last in action. Right, right, and the, obviously the purpose of the tachlis of building the building buildings in Israel, building the guf in Israel, is not just for the physicality. The purpose of the body is for the appearance of the soul. And without a soul, the body is. Worthless. 
because the yesod of our life is only holy. And without it, we don't have life, we don't have physical life. Right? You build a house, right? what's the first machshava? You'll be living in it, you'll be having Shabbosudas, you'll be enjoying, there'll be people in it, there'll be simchas, right? And two years later, when you're done building your house, then you have that. <laughs> Three years later, you know, whenever your construction project is done, then you have the house. So is first in thought, last indeed, and we have to go through that process. But the house is worthless if you don't get to live in it, right? If you have a body, but you don't have a soul, it's nothing, right? So when it comes to Tikkun Eretz Yisrael, as he's explaining, the stage of Pekida is really only important in as much as it serves Zechira, right? The stage of Binyan Aretz is really rooted in Zechira. And that's why in, in Shemaim, Zechira starts first. L'fikach, therefore, Yesod v'shorosh kol t'nuos ha-ge'ule ha-zechira berom shorosh And the truth is, is that the stage, uh, any movement of redemption from Zechira, is, uh, any movement of redemption is really rooted in the stage of Zechira, in its upper roots. And this is rooted in the stages of Geula, that, reve- that are revealed, that get orig- initially revealed in the stage of Pekida. And afterwards it comes out in the stage of, in the stage of Zechira B'Poel. And again, we have our Parsha's connection. What better weeks to be learning this? Parshas B'Shalach, the redemption that was happening then. Because in the beginning, Hashem revealed Himself to Moshe at Har Chorev, right? That was the snap. Makom HaTorah, in the place of the Torah. So first Hashem revealed Himself at, at, to Moshe, right? Which was Maramis to Klai Yisrael receiving the Torah. Hashem had revealed himself at the burning bush, at the sneh, was at Har Chorev. And only from that came the Koch HaPekida. So did you see us Mitzrayim. V'shalei Musa b'poel b'matan Torah l'kol Yisrael b'giloi sod his galas hazechira. Right? So Hashem really, you know, revealed zechira first. And then set into the stages of Pekida, the Taluch HaGeul of Mitzrayim. That Hashem revealed himself to Moshe foreshadowing that there's going to be a Torah. It's like I was reading this book on filmmaking. Like any good film, at the end of it, comes back to the beginning, <laughs> right? It starts in the same scene and it ends in the same scene, <laughs> right? It starts with the guy narrating and it ends with the guy narrating or, or a remez to the guy narrating and something similar, right? So here you have the foreshadowing of Zechira prior to Pekida. That Moshe, he opens up and Hashem comes to him in the Sneh, which is Har Choref, which is Har Sinai, right? And then he goes through the whole Talucha Geula, only to come back to the same place where Hashem revealed himself to Moshe for the first time originally when Hashem said, Take off your shoes because you're standing on Admas Kodesh. Right? So the foreshadowing of Zechira happens prior to the stage of Pekida, and then they come back to the same place. <clears throat> so beautiful, right? So beautiful. And we'll read a little bit 
just on the bottom, the footnote over here. Uh, oh, you don't have the footnote. Oh, in yours, uh, do you have the footnote? Oh, it got cut off? Okay. I guess, I guess I must have cut it off for space. Od remez hadover besod yeridis Yehuda me'es achiv laholid as peretz. Right? V'zerach besod or Mashiach ben David. It's a little bit what we're talking about. This also happened when Yehuda went down from his brothers and then laholid peretz, right? Peretz came out. V'zerach besod or Mashiach. Right? We were touching on this earlier. Bechina zechira. Kodon leparshias v'yosef horib mitzrayim. Right, so the stage of Zechira, which Yehuda happened in Peretz, right, would happen where they gave birth to Peretz, happens right before. This is amazing. It's like awesome. Happened right before the parsha of Yosef going down to Mitzrayim, because it was Marames to Zechira. Right, Mavoras Tachilas Puolas Mashiach Ben Yosef Bechinas Pekida. Ubepol Yehuda Hacha Puolas Mitzrayim Laacher Yosef. Right? So even, we're always going to have the hint of Zechira prior to the stages of Pekida. So even in the Parshia Satora, you have Yehuda and Tamar and Peretz being born, which ultimately, as we said, David Melech comes from, right? That's prefaced before Yosef going down to Mitzrayim, which is the state of which is the stage of Pekida, and eventually Yosef meets up. Meshech ben David and Parshas Vayigash, Meshech ben David, Meshech ben Yosef meet up and they join as one, right? They join as one, and that's like, the Torah is so sweet, how like, he brings out this footnote, like you never think of that, you know? How Zechira is really rooted in Pekida, and even that's Marames and the Parshas, you know? Because really would have, would have, the child would have been born after Yosef going down. Yeah. Right? It's just the Torah mentions it there. Or, or, or it wouldn't mention it at all. I mean, all stories are bizarre stories. Yeah, just we we'll leave it off the table. <clears throat> bizarre story. Like, what's the tension? They're both down, they're both having Eureka, they're both. Hashem's there, and meets up. It's beautiful. So today we didn't get to. Part of what we had introduced, I'm going to stop here for today, but uh, we didn't get to part of what we introduced about still continuing to understand this mysterious stages of Zechira and Pekita, one's rooted in one another, and what happened, we started with the introduction about what happened at the initial stages of the Jews coming back to this land and why that light was hidden, and what we're going to learn next week, how when the Pekita, just foreshadowing, how when Pekida comes, it's only a momentarily Pekida, and then that light goes back into subterfuge. <laughs> it reveals itself, and then it gets hidden. And all that is purposeful and meaningful. All that was predicted by Chazal. We're going to continue developing these amazing ideas. And it's all be zochet to see the union of Mashiach ben Yosef with Mashiach ben David, to have this broad perspective Amuna. It's all about Amuna. This bigger Amuna. This loftier amuna, wider lenses, right? If you have a camera, you have different lenses. You have the fifty. You have a macro. You have a micro lens, right? For zoom photography, close-up shots. Then you have the 50, 50 millimeter. It's the nifty fifty. They call it usually <coughs> the nice bokeh blur, background blur in the background. And then you get a good sixteen millimeter wide, wide lens. You get a ten millimeter wide lens, and you could see 
Mamish, much bigger. So we're getting our 10 millimeter lenses of Amuna <coughs> to see the world in a bigger place. With that, everyone, Shabbat Shalom, good Shabbos.